Tom locked the bathroom door, turned around, and leaned his back against it. At least in here he could get some peace and quiet. He was at his in-laws for dinner, and while he adored his wife, he secretly wanted to strangle her parents. They were so nosy. Plus, they made judgmental comments all the time, criticizing what they fed their kids, implying Tom's car was a bad purchase, and looking displeased with the wine they had brought over for a gift. He and Sarah were adults, thank you. They didn't need the constant advice. Tom's face was hot. He knew he'd regret it if he said something rude, but he was so close to saying, thanks, I'm going to head home. There was no escape, though. He couldn't head to his buddy's house now and drink beer and blow off steam. And he couldn't head to the gym and throw some iron around. He had only a few minutes in this bathroom before he had to get back out there. He was going to need to talk himself down, right now, right here in the bathroom, in the company of a bunny-shaped tissue box cover. He knew exactly what four things to do. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. In a recent episode of the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, we spoke about how we can seek comfort without turning to food. The episode title is You Deserve Comfort, Here's How to Get It. If that sounds interesting, definitely go check it out. But I saved a big piece of that conversation when I was recording the episode because I thought it was important enough to put in its own show. You see, the things that I talk about in that episode are all action-oriented. They're all behaviors or activities we can do to improve how we feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like getting a warm blanket, taking a walk, snuggling a dog or cat. There's a lot of things we can do when we're feeling rough to help soothe us and comfort us. And that's fantastic. Today I'm going to share with you a totally different type of self-comforting now, where we don't actually go do something, but soothe and comfort ourselves from the inside. I'll go over my four proven self-talk strategies, and I know these well because I have to call on them myself all the time. This type of self-soothing uses words, not actions. We'll also talk about why having someone else offer you the right type of words can make you feel so much better, but you don't want to rely on other people all the time. It's fantastic if you have other people in your life to support you, and you can also comfort and soothe yourself anytime, anyplace. While we were discussing self-comfort in our Facebook group, a client named Candice posted the following. What I think resonated with me is the importance of finding comfort for yourself instead of trying to get others to care for and comfort you. I know that I have struggled with this. I think everyone does. It's so important to learn what I can do to comfort and care for myself. I love the point on relationships that Candace made. Having someone else care for us is so soothing. No matter what we're going through, just having someone hold our hand can make it easier to bear. It makes us feel loved and cared for when somebody else comforts us, starting from when we're small babies. However, if we rely on other people to bring us comfort, we can reach a point where we don't feel whole or capable unless somebody else is caring for us right that moment. As my co-coach Mary Claire pointed out, other people may not be around 100% of the time. And if they are around, it's unrealistic and a bit unfair to expect that they won't have moods, needs, and desires too, and that they'll always be available for comforting us. So while this episode is about soothing ourselves, I do want to mention up front, it's healthy to accept comfort from other people too. 
I also find if we start by talking about how exactly one person comforts another, we can get a clear idea of the process, like a template that we can then use to practice those four principles on ourselves. So, how do you go about comforting somebody else? Imagine you're talking to a child who fell down playing soccer and skinned a knee. Or maybe having a conversation with a sister who was just denied a promotion at work. What would you say to that person? You might ask how they feel and listen to them. You're likely to offer them a hug. You might remind them that they tried their best or recognize in some other way that they had done some stuff really well. If there are aspects of the situation that might end up being okay, you could point those out too. You probably would also encourage them in some gentle way not to quit or to try again, or maybe try something different in response to what happened. Buried in there, there's four key ingredients for a self-soothing inner dialogue. Honor the emotion, give credit, reappraise the situation, and offer gentle encouragement. In a minute, we'll break those down. What wouldn't you say? In fact, if you wanted to win meanest mom on the block or cruelest sister of the year, how would you respond to that hurt child or upset sister? Well, you could laugh at them. You could call them a wimp. You could say, what's wrong with you? And you could tell them to get over it. You definitely would not listen to how they feel because you wouldn't care. You'd tell them they did a bad job and this was totally their fault. No gentle encouragement here. You would give them orders. You'd let them know they absolutely must try harder and fix things. Well, that makes me feel bad even imagining it. Hopefully your inner dialogue isn't that over-the-top nasty, but you can recognize a few of those words as not exactly comforting things that you might have actually said to yourself. What's wrong with me? This is all my fault. I've got to try harder and do better. This sort of communication isn't bad, It can be effective for some people in some situations to get things done. For example, in the military or among first responders, there's no talking about feelings. You bark orders so fewer people die. But when we're talking about internal dialogue and soothing, we're not talking crisis survival. We're just talking about feeling better. So to feel better, we want to use those four steps. Let's go through them in a bit more detail. Step one. Honor your feelings. Ask yourself, what do I feel right now? Try to set aside thoughts that you shouldn't have any particular feeling because there aren't any right or wrong feelings to have. Be moved by your own suffering. It matters. You've probably been through something or are going through something, and that's why you're having a difficult time. Step two, give yourself credit. What did you do well or put in a good effort at? Maybe there's a big mistake in your eating and that's really got you down, but there were probably also lots of small decisions that were wins. Did you prevent things from getting even worse? Did you do well at getting back on track? We often get caught up in thinking, yeah, but my healthy breakfast and the walk at lunchtime does not undo the sleeve of Oreos I ate at 10 p.m. And I agree, nothing undoes anything else. So the sleeve of Oreos also doesn't undo the healthy breakfast choice or the walk you took at lunchtime. Don't let your slip-ups blind you to your wins. Life is inevitably going to be a mixed bag of both. Step three, reappraise your situation. In this step, offer yourself some reassurance. Maybe things aren't so terrible. 
They could feel awful right now, but maybe they'll improve with time. Could there be a hidden positive aspect, like something that you learned or a relationship that was strengthened from whatever happened today? Just as you'd reassure a friend that things will be okay, reassure yourself the same, that you will be okay. Because you will. Things won't be perfect, and the point of reappraisal isn't to deny reality, it's to see that reality is rough, but we have resilience and supports which will help us get through. Life is tough, but so are you. Step four, offer gentle encouragement. Now that we've allowed for our emotions and tried to adopt a balanced, calm outlook, we can encourage ourselves gently to choose our next step. The gentleness part here is critical. It's not time to bully yourself into doing something big and difficult. The action you might feel best fits right now is washing your face and getting into bed. Or you might encourage yourself to have a conversation with someone tomorrow, and maybe you can find a better understanding. You might just encourage yourself not to quit, to dust yourself off and show up again the next day. Here's an example of how these four parts of the self-soothing dialogue work together. Let's say you had a terrible day at work, thanks to some of your coworkers who are fighting at the office, and they're just dragging everybody into it. You walk in the door to your house, aware that you are highly vulnerable to start absent-minded grazing. So, you decide you're going to try out the four steps of self-soothing in a journal. Number one, honor your feelings. You write down, I feel tired and brain dead. I feel like I don't want to talk to anyone, and I'm disappointed in my staff for acting like kids. Number two, give yourself credit. You write down, even when my staff were getting under my nerves, I put effort into being attentive to my patients. I made sure to stay focused on them and their needs rather than letting my irritation at somebody else interfere. I'm proud of that. I was still a good care provider. Step three, reappraise the situation. Okay, maybe the world isn't ending. I'm just learning that those two receptionists can't work together. It's not going to kill me. It's not going to ruin our business. It's just a staffing kink that needs to be worked out. I've never actually had to deal with staff conflict before, so of course this is stressful for me. It's my first time. But figuring this out will help me be a better manager in the future. Step four, gentle encouragement. Right now, I think a hot shower and homemade soup sounds perfect. I'll chat with those staff members tomorrow and we'll find a way to work this out. Tonight, I am just going to chill. After doing that self-soothing four-point entry, you'd probably feel calmer. You'd probably feel like you know how you'll handle it. And you'll feel like you've been heard, even if you're only airing your feelings to yourself or putting the words onto paper. That's great. You can give yourself love in this way. You can receive and be warmed by your own care anytime, any place. I hope you'll jot down these four prompts somewhere. Put them on a post-it or on your phone, somewhere you'll be able to see them if you need them. And give it a try if you feel like you need some comfort and soothing at any point this week. I'd love to hear how it goes, so shoot me an email, georgie at nutritionloft.com. And if you give this a try or have any question you'd like answered on the podcast, I'd love to know. I'll see you next time.